Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know, I guess I think I've always been a professional critic, you know, or some sort of professional appreciator or something. Now, this is serious business here, man. Putting on a great show is the most important thing you can do. One great rock show can change the world. One of the cornerstones of rock and roll is songs about love, especially songs about love lost. I'm Greg Cott of the Chicago Tribune. And I'm Jim DeRogatis of WBEZ and Columbia College. Today, we celebrate Valentine's Day by playing our favorite songs about unrequited love. Stay tuned for our picks and some of yours on Sound Opinions. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and time now for some music news. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk and lose, climb the fence, books and pens, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Greg, that's the White Stripes singing We're Going to Be Friends. Jack White, vocalist and guitarist of the band, may be singing to his ex-wife, Meg White, on drums. He has now broken up with Meg twice. First, they were a couple, married, and then they split up, but they continued with the White Stripes, had a great career, and now the band is over. An announcement last week, I quote, The White Stripes do not belong to Meg and Jack anymore. The White Stripes belong to you. Now, proving that old cliche that nothing in rock and roll is better than death for your career, the death of this band rewarded the White Stripes with 2,644% increase in album sales. Mm, Extraordinary. People were buying up the albums again just to celebrate the fact the band is ending. You know, an incredible group. Accomplished a lot in a short amount of time. Very prolific. The recordings, I think, are all pretty great. And live, they could be amazing. But... Jack on his own, we just panned a a week or two ago that album he produced for Wanda Jackson. Hasn't been very good as a producer. Well, I think Jack White has got some issues here in terms of the raconteurs and the dead weather not being the best vehicles for his music. I mean, clearly the White Stripes were his baby, the thing he loved the most. They never got a chance to stink. As you said, Jim, all good albums and great tours right up until the end. You know, where is he going to go from here? I guess we're going to see. Another band pulling the plug before it had a chance to uh, ever devolve into mediocrity is LCD Sound System. We had James Murphy, the leader of that combo, 
on as a guest not long ago. He was talking about the reasons why he's ending his group. Doesn't want to be part of the grind. He's tired of touring. He's a producer. He was a producer before he started the band. He's going to produce afterwards. I'm sure we'll continue to hear some music from him. But LCD Sound System is going out as an entity with a bang. They're going to play a final show in April at Madison Square Garden in New York City. If not the biggest show they've ever played, certainly one of the biggest of their career. Once again, nothing beats breaking up to really boost your sales. I'd be myself if I knew I'd become. You can fly too high and get too close to the sun. See how the boy falls from the sky. That is Boy Falls from the Sky, a song from the new Spider-Man musical that was written by Bono and the Edge of U2. That Broadway production, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, is now in previews, a $65 million musical. And Bono and the Edge are putting somewhat of their considerable reputation on the line with this Broadway opening, trying to craft a soundtrack for this mega musical. It is in previews. It's in the midst of a 67 preview run right now, Jim. 130,000 tickets have already been sold to this thing, and it hasn't even officially opened yet. Up to 300 bucks a seat. Wow. So the critics are getting tired of waiting for the official opening. And who can blame them, really? This play has been delayed numerous times. There's been a lot of controversy. A couple of the actors have already been hurt because of the stunts in some of the pre-production. And then they've got these interminable delays. So here we have the reviews, and they've not been good. The Washington Post calls it a shrill, insipid mess. The New York Times is highlighting its sheer ineptitude. The Chicago Tribune is calling it incoherent. The New York Post says it's erratic. Variety says it's sketchy and ill-formed. I mean, on and on and on. It's great to hear Broadway critics sounding like rock critics <laughs> in refusing to pull their punches. Uh, let me get this straight. People are paying $300 a ticket to see this play, and the producers of the play, and it's directed by Julie Taymor, who's mm-hmm. done some great work, they're complaining, saying it shouldn't be reviewed yet? Yeah, they're saying, give us some more time. It's not opening till March 15th. They say, changes are still being made, and any review that runs before the show is frozen is totally invalid. Well, I'm saying, why are you charging 300 bucks a ticket then? You're charging people good money to come and see this. If it's not very good, the critics should be able to point that out. And i got to tell you, going back to my earlier point about YouTube putting its reputation on the line here, we saw a similar case in the 90s, Jim, when Paul Simon made his ill-advised foray into Broadway with Cape Man. The previews on that play weren't very promising either. The critics were saying, eh, this is not so good. When the play actually opened, yes, they did make some improvements, but it wasn't so good. I'm not sure that you two can count on a vast improvement when this play eventually does open in the middle of March. It does not bode well for Bono and the Edge. Sound Opinions, Halloween probably is our favorite holiday. Christmas comes a close second, but right after that, it's Valentine's Day. 
Greg and I get a little romantic this time of the year. <laughs> Every year. In the past, we've celebrated romance with unconventional love songs, our favorite. Love stinks. Songs that set the mood. This year, we're going with something different, right, Greg? Yeah, we are, Jim. Unrequited love is what we're going to talk about. Uh, the, the pining for a potential lover who doesn't even know you exist or is ignoring your pleas or is leading you on but isn't quite on the same page as you are. We've all been there, right? It's a complex set of emotions, so I think the music really has to... To, to try hard to capture the complexity of what you're feeling. Well, there's a yearning and a melancholy at the base of a lot of these songs, certainly. And it, they are some of the most uh, popular songs ever written because I do think they capture that universal mood. Jim and I are going to try to nail some of our personal favorites, and we're also going to hear from you, the listeners, later on in the show with some of your favorites. We had to design a special coin for the coin flip, Jim, to decide who's going to go first. We both decided to go with our first unrequited first crushes. A a rare source of agreement, because we both picked the same first crush (laughs) at first. There was no doubt in my mind. I mean, I instantly, you know, when they said, okay, first crush, first unrequited love, it had to be Laurie Partridge, man. Come on. The Partridge family, Susan Susan Day, Day. just looking so cute behind those keyboards. With the braces. Absolutely. So that's going to be my side of the coin. All right. I'll I'll put my second choice on my side of the coin. Bobby Gentry. Ode to Billy Joe. Right. Okay. And the coin is in the air, and... It's Bobby Gentry. All right. First time I think she's mentioned on Sound I believe so. That might have to be a Desert Island pick down the road. Greg, I'm going to get things rolling with a choice from Red Cross, a fine, fine band from Los Angeles, the bridge the era where indie rock became alternative. This is a song from their major label debut, which preceded Nirvana's. Mm -hmm. They got signed to a major label. They were going to be the band that broke. They had this wonderful mix of bubblegum pop and 70s glam rock and just sheer silliness and, and indie rock cool led by the McDonald brothers. Talk about the Partridge family. They were mega fans of the Partridges. This is just a wonderful album that I think is one of those lost classics of the alternative era. And the song on it to me that is the the unrequited love song of all time is I Don't Know How to Be Your Friend. Now, all of us, regardless of what sex you are, regardless of what age, you know, you've had a crush on somebody and you've worked up the courage to finally express it after who knows how long, six months, six years, (laughs) right? And you get this back. I thought we were just friends. <laughs> that is the worst sentence in the English language. I know that all of you have heard it. It is a horrible thing to hear, and it leaves you... How do you respond? There's no way to respond. The McDonald brothers in Red Cross wrote the response. I don't know how to be your friend on Sound Opinions.
That is Red Cross with I Don't Know How to Be Your Friend. Greg, remember the cover of the Third Eye album? A certain future film director. A young Sofia Coppola. Yeah. Looking really cool. Another crush there. What have you got for your first unrequited love song? Well, Jim, my first song is going to come from the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, a group that I fell in love with in the early part of the last decade. Saw some of their shows and had a certain impression of what kind of band they were going to be. Wild, chaotic show focused around the stage antics of Karen O. She looked like she was having an absolute ball up there. There was one ritual where uh, fans would wear raincoats to some of the show, especially in the front, because beer would be flying around all over the place. And I got a sense of this kind of post-punk, raucous party band. Well, this song, when it came out on their first album, Fever to Tell, was the one that sort of turned me around about that. What a beautiful song. One of the great unrequited love songs of all time, as far as I'm concerned. Turns out when I talked to her later about it, she said it was written about her former boyfriend. She was dating a guy from The Liars, Angus Andrew. And it was one of those things that pops in your head. Anytime you date a guy named Angus, you're just asking. It's for probably heartbreak. trouble, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's in a band called The Liars. <laughs> right, right. So MAPS is an acronym for My Angus Please Stay. And you don't even have to know that to know what she's singing about in this song. Wait, they don't love you like I love you. Clearly, her level of involvement in this relationship was much greater than the man she was pining for. And she expresses it beautifully in the song. The combination of her voice and Nick Zinner with those orchestral guitar parts mm. that he's laying down behind her just really expressed that mood of yearning and unrequited love perfectly. So it's the yeah, yeah, yeahs with maps on sound opinions.
That is Maps by the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. Greg Cott's first pick for a great unrequited love song. My turn now, Greg, and I am going to go with an artist who actually is a huge favorite of yours. Yes. I like to stomp on your turf once in a while. <laughs> Bill Withers is just incredible, and he has been on my mind a lot lately because there's been an amazing documentary on Showtime. It's a couple of years old. It's called Still Bill. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it. Yes, it's great. Oh, my goodness. You know, talk about the classic story. This guy didn't hit until he was in his mid-30s mm-hmm. with the song I'm about to play. He'd been an airline mechanic. Right. He was putting toilets on 747s. Mm-hmm. He writes this song. He has a hit. He shoots to the top of the charts. He stays there for about a decade. The music business steals him blind. And then... He just lives the rest of his life, you know, and with style and grace, so sick of what he experienced in the music business, he's never recorded again. Now, ain't no sunshine when she's gone. Every time she goes away, he's sad, right? He's singing about his lover. I've always heard it as much more than her going to the corner store for a quart of milk. I think he knows she may not be coming back, or at the very least, when she leaves the house, she's not doing something a partner should be doing to you, right? Ain't No Sunshine, I think, is therefore an unrequited love song. Here's Bill Withers on Sound Opinions. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone It's not warm when she's away Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And she's always gone too long Anytime she goes away Wonder this time where she's gone Wonder if she's gone to stay Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And this house just ain't no home Anytime she goes away And I know, I know, I know, I know Sunshine when she's gone Only darkness every day Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And this house just ain't no home Anytime she goes away That is the great Bill Withers with Ain't No Sunshine, one of our favorite unrequited love songs. We'll continue to pick some more for Valentine's Day, and we're also going to hear some picks from our listeners. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. Kill yourself for recognition Kill yourself to never be 
Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott with my partner, Jim DeRogatis. We are running down some of our favorite unrequited love songs of all time. Jim, my next pick is going to be from a uh, somewhat local band from the far, far northwest suburbs of Chicago, the Smoking Popes. Came out with a 1994 breakthrough song that I'm going to play next, a beautiful song. A lot of people, when they heard this song sort of on a national level, it was a kind of a breakthrough alternative rock hit at the time, remarked upon the quality of the singing voice of Josh Caterer as opposed to this punk rock kind of background that he was singing. It, was, it seemed incongruous. Why is this guy crooning over this kind of Ramones-like backing? It doesn't sound right. I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever heard. The fact that this guy had been raised on his parents' record collection, so he was listening to a lot of Tony Bennett and Frank Sinatra records. Mel Torme. I'm sure there's a little Smiths in there as well. Ended up being one of Morrissey's favorite bands. He actually had the Smoking Popes open for him on a tour. But anyway, that voice, I think, is the key to this song. You've got this maelstrom going around, good classic punk rock sound, singing about unrequited love. And when he sings the line... I'm lost and I need to be found. He sounds exactly like that. Like, mm. I don't belong in this room. I don't belong here. And I'm, I'm wandering around in this storm trying to find my way. There's great subtext here, too, because a few years later, Josh converted rather uh, publicly to Christianity. He basically left the popes behind and since have reunited, but to become in closer touch with his faith and his belief in God. And I think if you listen to this song, it could be written about a girl or it could be written about God. You know, I'm lost and I need to be found. It's kind yeah. of an interesting little layer there in this song. Any way you choose to interpret it, I just think it's a terrific performance by both the band and the lead vocalist, Josh Caterer. It's the Smoking Popes with Need You Around on Sound Opinions.
That is Need You Around from the Smoking Popes, one of my favorite unrequited love songs with uh, Josh Caterer on lead vocals and his brothers, Matt and Eli, as well in the band. Jim, what do you got next? Well, Greg, you were talking about the Smoking Popes and how that song succeeds because of the unique qualities of Josh Caterer's voice. The same can be said of the song I'm going to play next, Rocky Erickson's You Don't Love Me Yet. Rocky, we've talked about him on the show many times, a legend in rock and roll from Austin, Texas, Great songwriter, no doubt about it, but the main thing is that voice. Mm. The combination of Little Richard Growl and Buddy Holly plaintiveness. When Rocky is expressing forlorn lust or desire or hope, nothing in rock and roll sounds as plaintive, as wanton, as desperate as that voice, but also very accessible. I mean, who hasn't been there? You don't love me yet. Mm -hmm. Lightning never strikes anymore. (laughs) What a song. You just have to listen to it. Here's Rocky Erickson on Sound Opinions. Lightning never strikes anymore But I can't make it rain Because of knowing Lightning again Lightning never strikes anymore But I can't make it rain Because of knowing Cause me pain You don't love me yeah I just won't forget Because you don't love me You don't love me yeah I have my start But I never have begun Because without you My life is unsung I have my start, but I don't have a part Because without you, it only breaks my heart Because you don't love me, yeah You don't love me, yeah I just would forget Because you don't love me You don't love me yet You Don't Love Me Yet from the great Rocky Erickson. Great choice as an unrequited love song, I can't think what life would be like without you, Greg. (laughs) I'm sure. Rocky expresses things in a way that even don't need words because his voice has that quality in it, that melancholy, that yearning. Absolutely. Next, Jim, I'm going to play a song from the great L.A. hip-hop group Jurassic 5. And I say great 
with full understanding of what that term means. I think incredibly underrated because they came from the West Coast hip hop scene, I think in a lot in large measure, which is largely defined by gangster rap and party rap. The Jurassic Five never really fit in with that scene. They were probably closer in feel to what the far side were doing in terms of just being an underrated West Coast hip hop group, but they made a number of really fine records. And the song I'm gonna play, I think demonstrates the complexity of what they were trying to do lyrically. Uh, It's a song called Thin Line, and it alludes to what you were talking about earlier, Jim, in the Red Cross track that you played, this idea of friendship being a really slippery slope when it comes to relationships between a man and a woman. You know, when one entity in that relationship sort of starts having stronger, deeper feelings for that other person, and do you want to screw up that friendship potentially by making those feelings known explicit? Yeah, you know, the reason I helped you move into a six-floor walk-up in Hoboken <laughs> was not because I just wanted to be your friend. Exactly. So Nellie Furtado is the guest vocalist on this track, and she plays the, the female side in this equation. And there's a little dialogue going on between the members of Jurassic 5 and her in this song that sets up the premise very nicely, the thin line between friendship and love. Thin Line is the name of the song by Jurassic 5 on Sound Opinions. Yeah, this is a lesson in friendship. The depths of a kinship. What women and men begin with and then slip. My pen drips as I scribble my thoughts on thin strips of emotion. A fraction, seduction, attraction. Eruption of passion corrupts if a lasting friendship's involved. Would love to cross the line, but that's why we built these walls. We've been friends for a long time. A very close friend of mine. Love you like you was mine, but respect the thin line. I love you like you was mine. Think about you all the time. Very close friend of mine, but respect the thin line. Opposites attract. When the female and male come in contact, sticky situation in fact, trying not to let the feelings catch, but there's a thin line between both of y'all so you respect that, and entertain the idea but get brought back to reality, and could you really live with that? Decision based on intuition, you love and keep it distant, hugging, kissing, friendship, and ongoing kinship. We was people to begin with. Disrespect was not intended, but your feelings sparked a sentence. Sometimes you're too intense in your quest to invent. The perfect man, please understand my rhyme is your repent. We've been friends for a long time, a very close friend of mine. Love you like you was mine, but respect the thing. I love you like you was mine. Think about you all the time, very close friend of mine, but respect the thing. And I'm not an expert on how relationships should work But from the minute it was known It changed the whole tone The way we spoke on the phone Yo, it was cool but I felt it wasn't enough And I was stuck when your moms would pick it up Over you all my buddies would swoon But I felt we were in tune You let me up in your room Damn, but to me girl you're still off limits No matter all the times that I had it Yo, what you doing after this? Infatuation was authentic But yo, I just pretended So I wouldn't lose the friendship Maybe I should spill all my guts Or write a letter Then tear it up Or do a song Just to say what's up I want just a touch We've been friends for a long time A very close friend of mine Love you like you was mine But respect the family I love you like you was mine Think about you all the time
That's Thin Line from Jurassic 5, one of my favorite unrequited love songs of all time. Jim, let's uh, turn it over to the listeners for a minute here with their favorite unrequited love songs. We're going to welcome Erica from Syracuse, New York, my old hometown. Erica, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure. Tell us about your unrequited love song. Mine is Sam Cooke's Bring It On Home to Me. Sam has been a favorite of mine since I was a little kid, actually. And I think the sentiment of the song, it, it meant differently to me when I was younger because I didn't know as much. But, you know, so it's kind of changed as I've grown. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I always go back to that one. It's just, it's a heartbreaker. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. And you can't beat the singer either. He's pretty good, too, I heard. <laughs> Absolute favorite. And to have Lou Rawls on the backing vocals, I mean, that's, that's like a one-two punch. If you ever change your mind about leaving, leaving me behind, bring it to me, bring your sweet loving. Was there a particular moment when you discovered that song that it, it had this meaning for you? Gosh, I think when I was maybe 14 and had my first, you know, love. <laughs> um, I mean, I know the song's about infidelity, so that really kind of didn't play into the story when I was 14. But um, it just... Oh, you're, you're in high school and you sit at home at night because you can't do much else and you long for that <laughs> senior in high school that sort of rocked your world a bit, so. is a fine pick, Erica. Thanks for sharing. Thank you so much, guys. Okay, our next listener nomination comes from Sean. He's in Omaha, Nebraska. Sean, welcome to Sound Opinions. Thank you. So tell us about your favorite unrequited love song. Okay, mine is uh, from the band Pulp, and they have pretty much almost the entire arsenal is about unrequited love, but probably my favorite track from them is uh, Babies off of their His and Her album. Jarvis is just such a great singer-songwriter when love is, I guess you could say, just such a complex emotion. And, I mean, like, he pretty much just uh, really gets into the emotions of it, just like everything, like lust, longing, whatever. And uh, He's an expert. Yeah, exactly. And the, the song basically, it kind of, like, reminds me of just uh, great pop songs, like The Replacements, where the melodies are just really kind of sweet and poppy, but then read the lyrics and there's kind of, like, dark yeah. Like voyeuristic subtext to it. I think you are spot on, Sean. There would be no pulp if it were not for Jarvis Cocker's experiences with love of the unrequited variety. Absolutely. And then, like, the last lyric, I think, just pretty much sums up the entire song where uh, he uh, wants to go with this girl, she shuns him winds up sleeping with her older sister and 
the excuse is probably one of the flimsiest excuses in rock. I only went with her because she looked like you. But the way he sings it, it is so sincere. You can't help but believe him. You haven't tried that line, have you, Sean? Uh, um, no, I've never been in that situation. <laughs> Thankfully. Thank you. Thank you for calling, Sean. Thank you. Have a good day. If you want to share your favorite song about unrequited love or comment on anything in music, call our hotline, 888-859-1800. You can also email us at interact at soundopinions.org or connect to us on Facebook and Twitter. We're going to be back after a break on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX with our final Valentine's Day tunes. Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. My partner is Greg Cott, and we've been celebrating Valentine's Day with songs about unrequited loves. You can think this is kind of a downer for the holiday, Greg, but really, once you do achieve love in your life, mm. the unrequited loves take on less of the pain than they had at the time, and of course, music helps you through. We've got more suggestions for great songs to do exactly that from our listeners who are on the line. Jane is here from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Jane, thanks for joining us. Thanks. Have you got a great unrequited love song for Valentine's Day? It is great, and it is awful at the same time. <laughs> it's awful in such a good way. That is unrequited love in a nutshell, isn't it? Yes. It's Alone by the Twilight Hours. Why this song? Make the case for it. Well, Matt Wilson, sweet Matt Wilson. His songwriting is so full of aching and longing 
he describes that he wants to become your sun, your moon, your anything, to be your light. And then he, he realizes that he's unknown and alone. And he repeats that he's alone just over and over and over again. Man, I'm getting depressed just listening to you. I know. Uh, Jane, I, I, it sounds I, really sad and, and lonely. <laughs> I can and... hear it in Jane's voice, too. <laughs> it's like, wow. Let's hear. Let's hear some of the Twilight Hours alone. Now, this is the same Matt Wilson of Trip Shakespeare. It's the same one. The man who wrote Toolmaster of Brainerd? It's hard to believe. <laughs> I think Matt's grown up. He's yeah. had some, some life experience. Yeah. A nice mix there of, uh, of delight and depression. Thanks for coming on, Jane. Thank you. Critic is calling from Austin, Texas. Joe, you're on Sound Opinions. Hi, guys. Hey, Joe, we're talking about unrequited love songs. What's your favorite? My favorite unrequited love song is by Dire Straits. It's Romeo and Juliet. Interesting. Now, people who only know that song from classic rock radio are going to think, Romeo and Juliet, that was not unrequited. That was a great love. Well, Romeo and Juliet was a great love, but the song kind of twisted in a different direction. It's kind of about one partner falling out of love with the other partner and uh, the anger and, and frustration associated with realizing the other person's kind of casual about something you once thought was really important and really meant something. I can't do the talks like the talk on the TV And I can't do a love song like the way it's meant to be I can't do everything but I'll do anything for you It's uh, Romeo and Juliet from Dire Straits. So, Joe, does that uh, song have deep personal meaning for you uh, in a relationship that you might have been in at one point? Yeah, probably at one point. I'm happily married now, my wife wants me to say, but uh, <laughs> definitely uh, definitely know the feeling of caring about somebody more than they uh, they care about you. So you play a song like that, and I'm always of two minds on this. Does a song help or hurt? So sometimes it can help you wallow even deeper into your, <laughs> into your yeah, pain. Yeah, I know, I know with this song, it, uh, it always killed me. I just, <laughs> just made it worse, but uh, sometimes that's what you need. In a love-struck Romeo, you sing the streets of serenade. Laying everybody low 
Thanks for sharing, Joe. Appreciate it. Excellent. Thanks, guys. Great show. You're listening to Sound Opinion's 2011 Valentine's Day show, and Greg and I now have our final picks for enduring, unrequited love songs. Greg, I'm going to go to Amy Mann for my last choice from that incredible December 1999 soundtrack for the film Magnolia. Amy Mann wrote a set of songs for that movie, and I think that they're key to the mood that sustains throughout that entire film. It's not all just about unrequited love, but there is that mix of desperation and deep, deep sadness with, you know, a flicker of optimism, a longing that is the hint of light penetrating the dark clouds. This song, Save Me, is heard numerous times in the film. I think it's one of the best songs Amy's ever written. Talk about desperation for love to lift you up out of the doldrums. She sings, you look like a perfect fit for a girl in need of a tourniquet, but can you save me? Heavy stuff. I don't know if love is all she needs as the singer of this song, but she's certainly putting her heart and soul into it. This is Amy Mann on Sound Opinions. You look
could never love anyone. That is Save Me from Amy Mann. You're right, Jim. Great song, great movie, Magnolia, that it was a centerpiece of. I'm going to go out with a, a track from Billy Bragg. A folky, if, if we think about him at all, we think about him more in a political context. Oh, yeah, that's the guy that sings all those protest songs, right? He loves unions. I don't know if he loves anybody else. But uh, yeah, I think very underrated as a great songwriter of love songs. One of his absolute best was among his first because it captures a moment, I think, in a young life. You know, you're stumbling home from a bar and you're going home to a cold, empty apartment. You've gone through this relationship that really hasn't gone anywhere. Clearly, she didn't love you nearly as much as you loved her. And now you're out there searching for some answers. You look up to the sky and you can't even wish upon a star. All you see is some satellites up there. So you're wishing on space hardware, okay? And so he's poking fun at himself in this song in a way, saying, you know, I don't need a New England. I just need a new girl, you know, and where am I going to find her? I don't even know if she exists. Somewhere out there in space, there she is. And we're meditating on this kind of existential moment in this song, but in kind of a funny, self-deprecating way. It's just Billy Bragg and his guitars channeling that folk music impulse through the clash as he did in his early days. And, it, and it's a beautiful moment about unrequited love. It's Billy Bragg on New England on Sound Opinions. I was 21 years when I wrote this song I'm 22 now but I won't be for long People ask me when will you grow up to be a man But all the girls I love in school are already pushing grams I loved you then as I love you still Though I put you on a bed, still they put you on the pill I don't feel bad about letting you go I just feel sad about letting you know That is A New England by Billy Bragg wrapping up our discussion of unrequited love songs. Greg, what do we have on the show next week? 
Next week, Jim, we're going to talk about the band that started a made-for-TV revolution, The Monkees. Greg, as always, we have some thank yous to say on the way out. We have a new intern, Nick Myers. His first crush was Debbie Harry. Sound Opinions is produced by Jason Saldana, who had a thang for Sheena Easton, and Robin Lynn, who really was hung up on River Phoenix. And our fearless leader, our executive producer, Tori Southside Malatia, he still can't get over Rosemary Clooney. <laughs> On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic. So now it's time to hear what you have to say. New messages. Hi, Jim and Greg. This is Nando from Chicago. I'm calling in response to the listener who identified himself as a musician and complained about your buy it, burn it, trash it scale. I and a lot of people disagree with him on the term stealing for digital copies. Um, replicating something is not the same as stealing it. But I'm not going to get into that merit. It's a big argument. Instead, I'm going to say I agree with him 100% on one thing. You guys do need to update your scale a little bit. It's true. Who burns anything anymore? Do you? I think, for example, stream it would be a much more up-to-date metaphor and one that even musicians like your listener can get behind since every band has a band camp, SoundCloud, MySpace, YouTube, or what have you to stream their music these days. Streaming also has an advantage over the old CDRs. It's legal. With subscription services like RDO and Mod, not only do I always get to listen to records before I buy them, which I do, but it's perfectly legal and pays the musicians. And I can also share those songs with my friends who also have accounts. Anyway, maybe buy it, stream it, or trash it doesn't have such a good ring to it, but I don't know, maybe you should think along those lines. Oh, and by the way, I download your MP3s for free every week, and yet I donate money. So, is that a burn it or a buy it? Who cares? I love your show, I contribute and tell everyone about it, and isn't that what matters? Thanks, guys. Bye. Hey, Jim and Greg. My name is Mike Reeb. I'm in Indiana. I just was listening to your review of the new Decemberist record. And I wanted to thank you for that review. I was one of those people who, uh, I've heard the Decemberists in the past. In fact, I think I actually uh, saw them, my wife and I saw them in Grant Park a few years ago, and they were playing a free concert in the park, and I met some friends there, and we got there. It was just really humid, just an uncomfortable day. And I remember sitting there listening to some of the Decemberist songs that were just so long, all like eight to ten minutes long, and we didn't stay for the whole show, and I think at that point I'd kind of written off the Decemberist. But that's one of the reasons why I love Sound Opinions, because I'm listening to your show and you're talking about uh, the new record and how each song is about three or four minutes. Even when you started playing that first track that sounded like R.E.M., immediately I thought, oh, it sounds like R.E.M., and I think it sounds really nice. So based on your current review, I'm going to revisit the Decemberist, probably buy this new record, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to say thanks. Bye. Had a dream
Hi, my name is Mike. I live in Richmond, Illinois. I just wanted to comment uh, that uh, I love that show with Mark Lanigan and uh, Isabel Campbell. My only um, criticism is that Isabel does not sing loud enough. Uh, you'll notice she uh, sings barely above a whisper most of the time. I think she should uh, project more and try to be louder so uh, her voice is just as loud and uh, matches Mark Lanigan's in volume. Keep up the good work, Greg and Jim. See you around. Bye. To give us your opinions on Sound Opinions, call our hotline, 888-859-1800. We'll be back next week with more Sound Opinions, produced by WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX.